discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Howdy, folks. Before we begin, I have a very special message for all my American listeners. I know I've been reporting a lot on news about the rollout of national vaccine passport programs in other countries, and as shocking as some of the news may be to you, perhaps the blow is softened a little bit because it doesn't necessarily affect you directly. And or more than that, perhaps you find some sort of comfort, whether consciously or not, thinking, nay, knowing. Such a thing would never happen here in the United States of America. You know, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Um, let's just ignore for a minute here that living in a self-described free country whose citizens' personal liberties are protected by a living constitution did absolutely nothing to prevent the unforgivable and beyond unconstitutional mandates that were put in place during the so-called pandemic. All that aside, Perhaps you're still clinging on to the idea that a national vaccine passport program is just too blatantly un-American to ever happen here. And besides, the pandemic is supposedly over now. Well, yeah. Please forgive me if the following causes you to have any second thoughts about all of that. Forbes travel writer Suzanne Rowan Keller writes, Even as the Omicron variant loosens its grip on the world, destinations continue to require travelers to show proof of vaccination. And increasingly, a paper CDC vaccination card is not cutting it. While the United States government has not issued a federal digital vaccine pass, a national standard has nevertheless emerged. To date, 21 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico offer accessibility to the Smart Health Card, a verifiable digital proof of vaccination developed through the Vaccination Credential Initiative, VCI, a global coalition of public and private stakeholders, including Microsoft, Salesforce, Oracle, the Mayo Clinic, and other health and tech heavyweights. Forbes.com. Gee, what could possibly go wrong? You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. 
So, since I appear to be in the mood for bursting bubbles today, let's tackle this one, shall we? Just in case there's any of you out there who have been listening to this Vax Pass series here on The Daily Ruckus, and you might want to accuse me of being a bit of an alarmist by drawing parallels between the vaccine passports with the Anya Pass from Nazi Germany. And you might even agree that even though the idea of implementing vaccine passports used to be considered a conspiracy theory and are now commonly accepted means of helping to control the transmission of an invisible enemy during a pandemic, not once did you hear me report about people being actually stopped by authorities and being asked to show their quote-unquote papers, a la Nazi Germany style. At least until now, of course. On February 4th, 2022, the mandate to end all mandates went into force in the country of Austria. Their president, Alexander van der Bellen, has signed a new law according to which all adults residing in the entire country have to be vaccinated or risk being fined 600 euros starting from March 15th. Indeed, from March 15th on, authorities in Austria will be conducting random checks for vaccination certificates, including traffic stops. Moreover, according to this vaccine mandate, which is set to expire on January 31st, 2024, people can be fined up to four times a year, with fines increasing up to 3,400 euros. So that right there is a real-life example of the long forewarned and dreaded papers please situation. Except in this situation, they're not only demanding to see papers, i.e. vaccine certificates, if you don't have them because you refuse to comply with the jab, they're gonna demand to see another type of papers, your money, and then they're gonna take it from you. So yeah, there's that. And now to any detractors who might accuse me of speaking on conspiracy theories. Let's address that now, shall we? Way back when all this started, you may have heard some rumors, maybe seen a few fact checks, maybe seen it yourself on Twitter or Facebook before it was immediately yanked and removed from the internet forever. A totally wild and insane, out of nowhere, completely made up fake news conspiracy theory, something about people getting microchipped and all this wild stuff. Well, if you think that's just too crazy and your brain is not ready to accept any real news about such a thing coming out, you're really not going to like this one. On December 23rd, 2021, Joe Allen, author at thefederalist.com, reported on a viral video from South China Morning Post which profiled a Swedish startup hub called Epicenter that injects its employees with microchips. Quote, Right now, it is very convenient to have a COVID passport always accessible on your implant, its chief disruption officer, Hans Schoblad, told the interviewer. Oddly enough, he repeatedly spoke of chipping arms when we clearly see a woman opening doors with her hand in the video. Two years earlier, Schoblad told ITV, quote, I want us humans to open up and improve our sensory universe, our cognitive functions. I want to merge humans with technology, and I think it will be awesome, end 
unquote. Naturally, some Christians see the mark of the beast. In a sane world, the idea of having your hand chipped to access public goods or private property to receive a mark in order to quote-unquote buy, sell, or trade should alarm anyone, regardless of religious persuasion. The same goes for using an implanted brain-computer interface to access the digital realm, as Elon Musk plans to do with Neuralink. Yet, for a growing fringe, this invasive tech isn't just desirable, it's already normal. Presently, some 5,000 Swedes use implanted RFID chips to open doors, pay cashless, present medical records, access concert venues, and ride public transportation. According to Ars Technica, as of 2018, an estimated 50 to 100,000 people worldwide have microchip implants, primarily in their hands. A 2019 analysis in Nature reported about 160,000 people have deep brain stimulation devices implanted in their heads. Currently, this is only done out of necessity to treat disorders like epilepsy and Parkinson's disease, or even addiction and depression. Of these devices, only 34 are true brain-computer interfaces. However, with current advances in technology, enormous injections of capital, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's recent approval, that number will rapidly climb. Enthusiasts say they aim to propel these technologies from healing to enhancement. In 2018, the same year biohacks gained international attention for chipping thousands of Swedish hands, MIT Technology Review boosted it with the fawning headline, This company embeds microchips in its employees and they love it. Since the first human-grade RFID implant was patented in 1997, followed by FDA approval in 2004, subdermal microchips have become just another device in a growing cyborg toolkit. Drawing on that cash, the Internet of Bodies paradigm has gained enormous traction among the medical establishment. At the extreme end, the concept of natural-born humanity is to be abolished. For more than six decades, the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, has funded Human 2.0 projects with particular interest in brain-computer interfaces. Citing these and many other human-machine hybrids, the World Economic Forum's chairman, Klaus Schwab, recently spelled out his vision of civilizational transformation. His widely read books, The Fourth Industrial Revolution and The Great Reset, both describe inexorable progress toward total technocracy. The same idea emerges in a 2019 government analysis by Policy Horizons Canada entitled Exploring Biodigital Convergence. According to the authors, quote, digital technology can be embedded in organisms, and today, biotechnology may be at the cusp of a period of rapid expansion, possibly analogous to digital computing circa 1985, end quote. Its success will hinge on sweeping surveillance. The document goes on to describe tracking chips, wearable biosensors, internal organ sensors, web-connected neurotech, swallowable digital pills, merging body and brain with the digital beehive. Last spring, the UK's Ministry of Defense published the jarring study, Human Augmentation, the Dawn of a New Paradigm. The authors promise this, quote, will become increasingly relevant, partly because it can directly enhance human capability and behavior 
behavior, and partly because it is the binding agent between people and machines, end quote. Surveying today's cyborgs, they write, quote, Once inserted, these chips can replace many of our keys and passwords, allowing us to unlock doors, start vehicles, and even log on to computers and smartphones, end quote. All the above authors fret over ethics in a perfunctory fashion, but most accept the quote-unquote inevitable fusion of man with machine. If military strategists, corporate elites, and government officials are taking this prospect seriously, so should we. For people with any sense at all, the notion of having a microchip jabbed into your hand or your head triggers animal revulsion. Disturbing as it may be, a more immediate concern is the widespread use of non-invasive biometric systems. Wherever the new normal takes hold, access to society is granted or denied on the basis of arbitrary quote-unquote health and safety concerns. Today it's masks or vaccine status. Tomorrow it could be ideology. Authorities don't have to chip you if they can simply scan your smartphone and tell you to get lost or lock you in your dwelling pod whenever quote-unquote the numbers rise. To cite one common example among many, the biometric company Clear rode the Patriot Act to prominence. Today, Clear is contracting to provide biometric and QR code-based vax ports to fully jabbed citizens on the go. It won't stop there, not without a fight. As Clear's CEO, Karen Seedman Becker, told CNBC last year, quote, just like screening was forever changed post 9-11. In a post-COVID environment, you're going to see screening and public safety significantly shift. But this time, it's beyond airports. It's sports stadiums. It's retail. It's office buildings. It's restaurants. End quote. Taking a more cerebral angle, tech mogul Brian Johnson founded Kernel to develop non-invasive brain-scanning helmets to enhance your health and happiness. The devices can also gather users' neurological data. Last summer, Johnson told Bloomberg Businessweek that by 2030, he'd like to put his BCI helmets in every American household. These people want to completely transform our mental and physical spaces. It isn't even a secret. They want some form of transhumanism, whether they use the term or not. It's past time to smash their devices. One by one across the globe, canaries are falling dead in the digital coal mine. We see implanted vax ports in Sweden, lockdowns for the unvaccinated in Austria and Germany, and yes, quarantine camps in Australia. The Untacked program in South Korea is specifically designed to replace human interaction with social robots and the metaverse. At the pandemic's outset, American writers at The Atlantic and CNN urged U.S. leaders to adopt Chinese authoritarianism. Their wish is beginning to come true. While I doubt any population will be forcibly chipped like wayward house cats, at least not in the near future, no nightmarish policy is truly off the table. In the past 21 months, the United States has seen mandated mRNA gene therapies, QR code-based vaccine passports, mass deletion of supposed quote-unquote misinformation, and even drone surveillance to monitor social distancing. Meanwhile, more young adults died from fentanyl overdoses than from any transmissible disease. If the biosecurity state can force you to wear an obedience mask to buy groceries, what can't they do? 
Resist their measures at every churn. Drag these people down from the seats of power. Dismantle the structures they've already put in place. I'm no absolutist. Tools are tools, and every naked ape needs one. For the most part, I couldn't care less if techno-fetishists chipped themselves or refashioned their appendages. Had their subculture remained on the fringe, I'd still find such people fascinating. But that's not what's happening. Riding waves of germophobia, the ultimate organic disruption. Tech titans and their think tank ministers are establishing a secular religion. The world's wealthiest men, wielding the most powerful tools on earth, are erecting inescapable systems of control. We can't combat them if we don't acknowledge what they are. Scientism is their faith. Technology is their sacrament. Their cult is a cyborg theocracy. Even if they rain fire from the sky with the press of a button, never bend the knee to their silicon gods. Thefederalist.com Okay, so, now that we have burst a couple bubbles there, let's burst the ultimate bubble, shall we? Just in case you're still thinking, I'm not worried about it. I live in America. More than that, I live in a red state, so I'm good. Man, some of you folks really aren't gonna like this. But here we go. Going back to the Forbes article from the beginning. You know, the one about the smart health card. You know, the verifiable digital proof of vaccination that was developed with the help of a thing called VCI, which is a global coalition of public and private stakeholders, including, quote, Microsoft, Salesforce, Oracle, the Mayo Clinic, and other health and tech heavyweights. End quote. Yeah, that one. It goes on to say, There is already an impressively widespread availability of smart health cards in the United States. More than 200 million Americans can now download, print, or store their vaccination records as a QR code, digitally signed to ensure that the card was issued from a verified location and to prevent forgery. For individuals, the benefits of having access to personal digital vaccine record is threefold. First, it's a huge plus for travel in the U.S. and abroad. Many indoor cultural attractions and performance venues in the U.S. require proof of vaccination. Gus Warren, CEO of Bindle, a health verification app that allows venues to verify the vaccination status of patrons, says, quote, We believe it gives people peace of mind when the folks around them are less likely to be contagious, end quote. Bindle's growing list of clients spans more than 30 states, from blue strongholds like California and New York to red leaners like Texas, Florida, Arkansas, Missouri, and Georgia. At the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., for example, there's a bindle lane that offers fast pass-like efficiency in scanning QR codes from a number of vaccine verification platforms used around the world. Quote, the smart health card is such an important development and the vaccine credential initiative has been phenomenal in getting this out there, says Warren, noting that while Bindle recognizes several interoperable standards, the smart health card has emerged as the most important. Quote, absolutely, it has become the standard across the United States and North America. End quote. Co-founder of the VCI and chief digital health physician at MITRE, Dr. Brian Anderson, says, quote, And at an international level, we are continuing to see intense interest in a coordinated international approach, and that has not diminished at all. I think quite the opposite, end quote. To wit, every Canadian province has now adopted smart 
passport health card verification, as has Aruba, the Cayman Islands, Singapore, and Japan. And in Africa, the smart health card has rolled out in Kenya and Rwanda, just the first of 32 African countries in the quote-unquote Smart Africa Alliance to adopt a digital-first approach to healthcare records. The second argument for adopting a digital vaccine verification system is the one swaying red state governors. Having digital access to personal health records empowers the individual. More than a dozen states have launched their own smart health card-based portals. At least seven others, including Arizona, Mississippi, and West Virginia, have churned to a third party, MyIRMobile, to issue smart health cards. Minnesota has chosen Docket, another third-party option. Most right-leaning states offering smart health cards do it quietly, without any fanfare. But Big Red South Carolina expects to roll out a portal for smart health cards by the end of March, reports Politico. Quote, this isn't a passport, South Carolina's director of immunizations told Politico. This is essentially a COVID card that people get at their convenience because it's their record, end quote. Utah was one of the first red states to get on the smart health card train. For former Utah Governor Mike Levitt, a Republican who was the Secretary of Health and Human Services in the George W. Bush administration, the issue boils down to individual rights. Quote, there's always a question about who owns the data and the rights to access that data, Levitt said at a recent global forum on smart health cards. But one thing is unchallengeable, and that is I own a right to have my own data and to have it in a form that I can present it conveniently for the kinds of things I want to do, end quote. The idea of being able to have trustworthy copies of your own health records is not a red or blue state issue, echoes Anderson. Quote, it is an individual empowerment of your own health data. What we're going to see over the next month is a growing number of red states recognizing and appreciating the importance of empowering their individual citizens in their states, end quote. Lastly, having a vaccine verification system in place prepares the U.S. for the next coronavirus variant, as well as the inevitability of a future pandemic. Today, the main threat to our health and economy remains the Omicron variant, says Anderson. Quote, but it's going to be pie in a couple months, and it's going to be the same situation. Yes, we're going to get to an endemic phase of all of this, but that doesn't change the need to continue to protect the citizens of a nation from highly transmissible and communicable diseases. Vaccination verification will be increasingly important at an international level, he says. And so if we want to enable all of that our citizens from every state to be able to participate in the safe travel across international boundaries and to participate in international commerce, it would be important for our government officials from every state to enable this, end quote. Given the political landscape, Anderson recognizes that some states may never get on board. Quote, we're not going to have all 50 states leveraging this approach, he says, but the vast majority of the vaccinated individuals in the U.S., over 200 million of them already have the ability right now to go and get one of these credentials, end quote. Forbes.com. So there you have it, folks. I apologize for bursting so many bubbles. I promise I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Look, I'll prove it to you. I have some really good news for you followed by a little bit of bad news. Sorry, I know, I can't help it. Good news first. This officially wraps up my Vax Pass series, which hopefully means I've officially broken the curse of delayed episodes of my show. 
And the bad news is that only officially wraps up my VaxPass series for now. Clearly, the use of health-based passports that infringe upon a human being's personal liberties and freedoms by restricting their right to travel, and so much more, are not presented to society as a bad thing, but rather as a viable and arguably ready-to-use weapon in the fight against invisible enemies. And the trouble with invisible enemies is, nobody knows exactly how many of them there are, and when or if they will strike again. Except, of course, the media and the great prophets of our time, Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates. That being said, I fear that sometime in the near future, we'll again be talking about vaccine passports and their impact on our everyday lives. But this time, dear listener, I will do my very best to make sure I'm reporting about it as it's happening. Of course, as long as it's not happening to me. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Monday, April 4th, 2022. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.